0: Good evening to you wherever you are listening across the world. Welcome to Splinters for another Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1 FM, triplehfm.com.au. You can also download us at a plethora of podcast sites. There's podcasts.com, there's TuneIn, there's Spotify, there's iTunes, we're everywhere. We set the global agenda on Splinters as we've said before. I'm the Lord Mayor Keith Depolsky. Great to have your company on this Tuesday. We're just after Easter. That means it's a great time of year. It's the Australian in Ice Hockey League. Puck has dropped on the season. We've got a couple of results to get you through as well. We'll get through those towards the end of the show. After last week, WrestleMania, Measy hijacked it. He has been suspended from splinters. We don't know for how long, but we'll let him back in eventually after he's done his penance. But it is an Ice Hockey show. There are only two people we could possibly get in to talk Ice Hockey when it comes to Australian content. One is Jeremy Vasquez, but he's away at the moment. He'll be back for the Bears very shortly shortly and the other well we post about her all the time we give plenty of updates it's a very warm welcome for the first time on splinters to chloe walker
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Not a problem at all. How, how do you go with the with basically taking the world by storm? Because you, you scored your first international goal, you've made your debut at the international senior level, you're coaching teams to victory, you almost got a grand final win with the Sydney Sirens in Melbourne. How's the plan for world domination going? When can we expect Prime Minister Chloe Walker? <laughs>
1: I'm not too sure on that one.
0: Well, we'll see what we can do about getting you there, but just to recap, what was it like coaching the peewee team at Canterbury to the championship the other week not long after you got back from uh, representing your country at senior level for the first time
1: I didn't realize how much anxiety you can get from just standing on the bench
0: (laughs) I've seen a few coaches go through that before as well but as an assistant coach what was it like having to provide the support to the senior coaching staff was that something that you fitted in well with or do you think you prefer to hold the reins yourself
1: um, I'm not too sure actually, kind of just helped out when I could.
0: I love the modesty. Th- this is absolutely sensational. You're an absolute legend of the game so far in Benchland, and you're modest as well. This is going to be an absolute gem of an opportunity for you. But let's get down to the Australian Ice Hockey League and we've got four teams to preview in the first half of the show and we'll have four teams in the second half and we're going to kick off or drop the puck, as it were, given that we're on a hockey edition, with the Melbourne Mustangs. Now, I think they were a bit of a surprise team last season, Chloe, given what they ended up doing uh, on the back of what was probably a disappointing year for them in 2017, but they really came of age last year as a team.
1: Um, After a disappointment in 2017, this is a decent result for the Mustangs, especially when they face the Brave in the semi-final. But there's room for improvement?
0: Yeah, there certainly is room for improvement. I I like what they've done with the recruitment on that side of things. But they've recruited well. um, They've got two national team players, Vadim Vajasov and Michael McMahon, the captain. uh, That'll see them push for a bit more postseason hockey. And it'll be interesting to see how the teams around them have fared with their improvements in the off-season. Because I'm not quite sure whether the 500 mark might be enough to get them into the playoffs this season, but Michael McMahon, as I mentioned, is the captain of the Melbourne Mustangs and he was very kind uh, to sit down with me during the week and give me a bit of his time and I started by asking him about why things have been a bit quiet on the recruitment front and whether that was about trying to keep things on the down low and confidential away from other teams or whether it's simply been a quiet off-season.
2: Well, I think... um especially with our club, the Mustangs, is they try really hard to find guys who will um, fit in with the culture of the club and our local players. So it can take a little bit more time and a little bit more in-depth process to kind of look beyond the numbers and the stats of the player and really get to know them before you bring them down. Um yeah, that's that's kind of it. And um yeah, we got some good guys coming down the coming down, so um but as far as when they get announced, that's up to the front office and the coaches. So um I kinda stay out of the loop for that stuff.
0: You're usually casting the role of little brother to the ice, so how satisfying was it to make the finals last season while they struggled?
2: <laughs> uh i think um for us what was more satisfying was that we um uh, won the series against them uh the four regular um the derbies during the regular season and i think we took some big steps as a club just mentally um because we love it's a big rivalry we love to beat them Um, But like you said, I think we always got pretty rattled when we'd play them in previous seasons. And last year we took some big steps as a club just to uh, mentally approach the game stronger. And I think it was uh, really good for the club moving forward to kind of break away from that big brother, little brother mentality last year. The standings almost
0: had three tiers of playoff teams last year with the Brave and the Bears having their own tiers in the standings with the points, and then it was a little bit of a mess. While obviously disappointing, what did the guys learn and bring into this season from that playoff loss last year?
2: Uh, I think we learned that um, you just have to show up every single game uh, with the way the league is. um, Even though we fought for that fourth spot to get into the playoffs last minute, Once you're in, you're in, and it's only two games to win the finals. So it really comes down to who shows up. Obviously, the Bears, CBR, they are very strong teams last year, and they are going to be hard to beat, but it's just one game. Um, So I think that we started a bit slow in that first final, and CBR, great team, so they pounced on it. And I think our takeaway is we have to be ready from the first puck drop. And play the full game and no breaks or anything like that because good teams will uh, jump on any mistakes or any kind of slow plays you make.
0: You new goalie is an import, but you've also acquired the Melbourne Ice backup goaltender from last season. Do you envision a battle for the starting role this season?
2: Uh, I think uh, Pine Murphy is definitely going to push the import. <clears throat> I think the strength that Having um, Pine Murphy there is that he's going to really push the pace in practice for the guys, too, and also keep the import honest. Uh, So I definitely think it'll be a battle because he's a great goaltender. And uh, last night when we played Adelaide, he showed it, and he can hold his own. So uh, I definitely think it'll be a battle, and he'll definitely see some minutes this year.
0: There's been a seeming rush on former NHL draft picks and even players in this year's import race between the clubs. How important was it to sign a guy like Christian Isaacson who has NHL pedigree?
2: I think it's huge for the club. Um, I think the league and the reputation of the league is growing, so each year you're getting more and more guys interested. And as the league gets more kind of more interest, more interest, you're going to get better players. So, it's huge for a club for like us to sign Christian because um, he's the kind of guy and player who he lifts the whole club up um, just with his how he play. If you're going to play high level, you have to know how to play team hockey. And um, signing guys like that is huge because not only do they put up points. But they lift the guys around them and the uh, the local players, and teach them a lot. So it helps grow the the club long term as well as short term.
0: And who do you think are your main on ice leaders this season?
2: Uh, look, this year I think we have a lot of um, just a lot of good leaders. You got Jamie Burke, Brendan McDowell. They've been around the club. Um, as assistant captains and they've always been leaders. But we also have a lot of vets like Steve Bellick, Sean Jones, who just natural leaders. They've been around the club and guys just look to them. Um, so I think we have a really good combination of young junior players coming through, but also we got those vet guys who have been around the club since the start. And they're just natural leaders and guys just look to them, um, especially with their experience when games get kind of crazy. They're always the calm guys on the bench. So, um, yeah, just a great group of guys this year who um excited for the year. And I think we're going to do good things this year.
0: Thank you again to Michael McMahon for taking the time out as the captain of the Melbourne Mustangs to sit down with us and talk about the Mustangs' outlook in this season. But, Chloe, uh, the the recruitment they've come up with, I just wonder whether it's going to be enough to get them there.
1: Look, you never know about these teams. They've got some good players. I'm not too sure who's out there, but you never know. This, te- this team actually might finish first. The last, you don't know.
0: Uh, it's one of those teams that's right in the middle and nothing would surprise you with the Mustangs.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Well, speaking of surprises,
0: we move along to a team that I think was the second most surprising last season in terms of their consistency, because they've been quite up and down the last few seasons. That's the Perth Thunder. They finished 12 4 and 10 last season, but Chloe, with your experience in the women's competition, you'd know very well that Perth teams, they have a real challenge in front of them with the geography factor and having to travel so far to play their games.
1: Yeah, that's such a long distance to travel, especially to come down to Sydney.
0: In your situation, you've probably got players on your team that live in Newcastle and Canberra or there, thereabouts, but for the Perth Thunder, I was fortunate enough to sit down with their assistant coach, Chris Costopoulos and he talked me through what he thinks is the outlook for the Perth Thunder this season, and he started off by talking to us about the fact that the Perth Thunder won't be playing every game as part of a back-to-back, but rather they'll be playing the odd standalone game this year.
3: Um, Well, the standalone games for us are fine. It's the logistics for the teams coming over are are the the issue. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think probably... um, I think from a from a ticket sales point of view, as far as I know, um, the standalone games that do quite well for us. But um, yeah, the, the, the biggest issue is no issue for us. The biggest issue is the the, um, the Easter States teams. You know, it's 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 harder than that.
0: Do you think the team might benefit from not having to play a second game in a back to back, or do you think there's a benefit from creating momentum with those back to backs?
3: Um. You know, I, I I don't think there's it's hard to say. I mean, it's obviously there. there's going to be more fatigue on, on a, a on the second game and a back-to-backer, but it seems to be um, fairly negligible for most, you know, barring injuries if you get on the first game and so forth. Um, generally, it's not really that big a deal. Um, if you back up on a you know, three days in a row, something it certainly would be, but um, generally it's not too bad.
0: How much of a boost is it to the team getting Robert Hazelhurst back this season after his stint on the East Coast last season?
3: Yeah, know well, it's a big boost, obviously. He's, um, apart from being you know, a, good, a good hockey player, he's a, he's a bit of a character, and um, no, the team is, is definitely better for him being back. Um, he adds a bit of versatility in the back line for us, he's someone who can move the puck around and, and a different score as well. Um, you know, and so, yeah, no, it's good good to have him back.
0: It's not often you can get your hands on a former NHL draft pick, although it's more common this season. But how much of a relief was it when Ben Brio agreed to play on for a fourth season?
3: Oh, no, it's good to have Ben. Ben's, um, Ben helps out a lot with the... He takes care of the... The summer just gone, he looked after the, um team in the in the junior league, um, the Perth Sharks. He's helped those guys with their skills and that. He um helps a lot of the guys he does a lot of skills. He has skills nice from time to time and he runs those because he's obviously the best person for that. Um, uh, but it's um good to have Ben. He's a good goal scorer, obviously he you know, he's been I think years he's played in the league, I think he's been in the top three every every year, I believe, that's just in memory. But um so it's obviously good to have him to have him stick around and um yeah, he's, he's become obviously the guy's a lot more familiar with him now and um you know, he's just become part of the furniture almost, so that's oh, good to have him.
0: Your new goalie, Nico Vixton has quite the pedigree. Was he amongst a list of possible goalie imports for you to choose from? Or was it more a case of you found him and he was your guy and you just had to go and get him?
3: Well, I've Scott, the general manager, he um he does all the recruiting, the imports and so forth. And I mean, myself and, and Dave Ruff, the head coach, would have we sat down at the start of the year in January and had a plan of what we sort of wanted and whatever. But you have to be able to see um, yeah, who's available is the, is the biggest thing. Um, you might have a set plan, a particular style of player or, you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, that, then, someone like that may not be available, so you have to be fairly flexible. Um, I know Nico has been in the radar for quite a while. Um, I think they just it was just a matter of you know crossing the t's and dotting the dots and all that sort of thing, and um, yeah, eventually they got him. But I know Stan was, has been looking at him, and talking to him for quite some time for a number of months, I believe.
0: Losing the semi-final last season would have been disappointing, but on reflection, was a semi-final position what you felt was achievable pre-season, or did you see yourselves as a genuine threat from the get-go?
3: have to consider yourself at the start of the season a genuine threat or you wouldn't be, you know, what are you in it for, you know? So, yeah, we, and we, we consider that every season. Uh, look, I mean, the, we lost the semi-final for the Bears. The Bears, you know, give, give them credit, they played really well. Um, you can't take anything away from them and I, and I think I said this on a, a podcast, you know, if you'd start started that semi-final and said that the Bears are only going to score two, two goals in the game, we would gladly have taken that, you know, all day, but... Um, I mean, it turned out being a 3-0 loss, but one of them was an empty net, so that sort of doesn't count. But, um, you know, we were in it, and we just we just didn't score on our chances. That's all. We had plenty of chances. And the Bears did, and, you know, in the end, they deserved the win. But, um, no, we, we certainly consider ourselves a threat every year. Um, you know, and it's, it's a long season. know, injuries happen, and it's you know, it's like any, any sport, any competition. you just got to hang in there and, you know, plug away week in, week out and get as many points as you can.
0: You've got five of seven at home to start the season. Are those early points you're counting on, given your rough travel schedule throughout June and July?
3: Yeah, well, you'd, you'd want to try and win as many as you can in your own barn. Probably um, obvious reasons, you need points in mm-hmm. um, for the standings but also the for, for your fans, you know, they're mostly uh, um you know, so you going have the, obviously the majority of your fans and you wanna you wanna keep them happy and, and give them good games and so forth. So yeah, we wanna win as many as we can at home. Um you know, generally if you, if you split a road trip it's on if you play, you know, 50-50 on a road trip generally, you know, you consider that okay. So yeah, you definitely wanna win as many of your home games as you can. Mm.
0: And just finally, who do you see as the main favourites for the title this season?
3: Well, I mean, I'm not privy to all the teams and bits and pieces. I only, I only hear what they publish and, you know, I hear a few things here and there. But, I mean, I guess Canberra would be a good team this year, um, depending on, you know, who they have and so forth. Um, I would imagine the Bears, would be, if they keep this, you know, very similar team together they had last year, would be a very good team. Um... It's, it's, you know, it's very, it's very hard. This league is very close. Probably the only team that really is in is a genuinely building phase would be Adelaide, because they a very, very young list, so they may struggle a little bit. But I mean, all the, the other seven teams are all reasonably even. So it's probably, from what I know, Canberra and the Bears would be the, the two standings other than themselves, of course.
0: And again thank you to Chris Kostopoulos for taking time out to sit down with us and talk about the season upcoming and Chloe as as we mentioned almost out of sight out of mind because they're that far away but Robert Hazelhurst, Kieran Webster, Jamie Woodman, all national team players and Robert Hazelhurst back this season that they're in it with a shout
1: the travel factor is something big and can stop them from playing all their games, clearly. Mm-hmm. But you never know about this team. They could be just a massive surprise.
0: Well they certainly were a surprise last season, but in terms of surprises, I think over the last couple of seasons nobody has surprised more than the CBR Brave. Twenty four zero zero and four they were last season. They completely dominated the league. They went on to win the title after a comfortable semi final win, even though they were taken to overtime by the the Sydney Bears in the decider. They signed a former NHL goaltender in Matt Climey, and Matt Harvey, the CBR Brave captain, sat down with me, and I started out by asking him, what made the CBR Brave decide to reach so far up the food chain in getting an NHL goaltender or former NHL goaltender as their new starter? Uh, I'm pretty sure he was looking to come to Australia, and I just think... um
4: yeah, it was too good of an offer to not uh, take him up on that. Him wanting to come play with us, so I think that's more just speaks volumes about um, our team and potential attraction that it has for other people to come to. Uh, um, with that, with go ahead. No, you go. Uh, with that being said, yeah, definitely um, I think the league hasn't really seen a goaltender with that kind of experience recently, so yeah, i are looking super forward to having him and grateful.
0: Your imports come with some very high pedigrees, plenty of ex-American Hockey League experience amongst them. What's been the secret to attracting such a high caliber of imports this season?
4: Uh, I think, obviously, like, speaking from a bit of experience, I think when you go on to... Um, when, you, when you're someone else overseas, you're coming to play in the AHL, the first thing you do is kind of go on the website and you kind of see... A lot of people will just go and see and they'll look at the different teams. And there's also a lot of attraction in hearing other people who've played here talk about different teams and their experiences. So I think that's been a huge thing is a lot of guys will be going back to North America and telling people about their experience, who they played for. And yeah, most of the guys would have have had good experiences with the Brave and in Canberra. So I think, yeah, that just brings a lot of attraction to the team.
0: Could you have ever imagined the Brave would have this much success after the way in which the Canberra Knights folded?
4: Yeah, I came in the first year that the Brave started, so um, hearing about the Knights' stories and those tales were uh, it just seemed like a a long shot, but I think when we had such a successful first season even, making it to the top four, um, then five seasons later it did seem like uh, a lot of work was put into it and I think it was yeah well deserved and at that point we were definitely ready to win something because we had made finals before and we had lost so yeah.
0: Given how quickly the Brave experienced success again after the Knights folded was there more pressure to win a title or was it just an opportunity to enjoy the success at the time?
4: Yeah I think I think, um, we hadn't had a taste of glory but we obviously hadn't won to that point so It always kind of left a bitter taste. And I think certain players, like such as myself, like that was a big driving force for me is I always wanted to win the cup. And so did everybody else in Canberra having that many years of not winning. And just, yeah, those few years where we were really close, it just left a bitter taste. That It was something that we really pushed ourselves to be the best.
0: What is there to improve on after a title-winning season last year in which you dominated almost as much as Tampa Bay did this season in the NHL, except you ended up winning the Cup?
4: Yeah, I was cringing over that series right now. Um, Very similar, yeah. had a great season, and then we obviously faced a difficult, difficult final going into overtime and being down, but with a bit of resolve, we came back and won. Um, I think... um, Uh, a lot of the driving force there was for this year is more to work on I think our local development some of the younger players so we don't have to, we've kind of proven that we can have like an amazing season and win it so this year we definitely have nothing less, no goals less than winning it again, however we also see the point of giving a lot of our locals um, more playing time um, developing them so that We're more looking long term um, and obviously, yeah, making sure those guys are on board with everything that we're doing and themselves getting better through trainings, but also in the games um, when we're not in those games when they're not crucial, making sure those guys get ice time and just improving your own skill set so they can contribute later.
0: Is the vote of confidence in your skating core, do you think that you've invested two import spots on goalies in Clymie and Matt Hewitt? Or was it more a case that you really wanted to nail down that goaltending position given how important goaltending is in this league?
4: I think a goalie in this league is really helpful, an import goalie. I think um, even if you have local goalies like Tetz and uh, Dornbus are two local goalies, I think they have a bit of a way to go and I think a lot of their experience can be developed in playing a few games throughout the season, plus learning from a goalie of that caliber. So I think it goes kind of hand-in-hand. Hand. Like It's going to help those guys develop. They can kind of see how he trains, talk to him, get coached from him at the same time while he's down here. Um, obviously, that's not going to be his main job, but any tips and help that he can provide when he's watching those guys play will be go a long way. Yeah, um, and then as far as other like young players go, um kind of our message is that if they're ready to go and if they're showing that they want it and they can kind of play their role, they're going to have a spot um, in the lineup where the coach feels is right for them. So it's just kind of a matter of them knowing that they have the chance. It's just how, what, how bad do they want it and, and deserving that spot. So making sure that they're... Doing everything they can do, which is kind of how it should be. And if they achieve that, then that spots deserved, But we, at the end of the day, we have a good team, so that those spots have to be earned.
0: Who are the main challenges to your crown? Uh, it's always tough, um, kind of
4: knowing about where teams sit. Like obviously, you look at Melbourne Ice. The last few years, we've just had a pretty stacked team, and then last year kind of fell apart for them, uh, so to say, as far as who their players were and judging from like their last like three seasons before where they had just amazing seasons and where um, it's really hard to know like who they're going to have and how well um, they're going to be coached, how well those teams are going to be. So it's always a bit unpredictable in my book, but I think Sydney will be Sydney bears will have another strong team. Ice dogs are always up there. Um, and then, yeah, I think obviously both Melbourne teams always have the capability and the amount of players to have really strong teams Um, and same with Newcastle they've always been up there so it's really even Adelaide too like obviously yeah pretty much every team has a chance in this league as well as Perth it's just a matter of what they're doing differently this year who they bring in and as you know it all comes down to those
0: final two days Matt Harvey, CBR Brave Captain, thank you very much for your time.
4: Hey, thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, shout out to um, my hockey apparel company. Spicy Dangles it's on uh, Instagram so if you check that out a couple big sales in the next couple weeks so stay tuned
0: thank you again to Matt Harvey for helping us out and I love the shameless plug for his sporting goods company and you know what if you want to give us if you want to have a shout out we're more than happy for that on Splinters we take all comers but Chloe as much as we love the Bears valued sponsors of Splinters valued sponsors of the bench but it's daunting to think that anybody would be able to take the brave down given that their one strength basically became, or their one vulnerability, I should say, became their strength with their goaltending improvement.
1: Yeah, as you said before, they completely dominated the league last year and went on to win the title. So I believe this is the team to beat and they possibly could win this year. Back to back
0: titles certainly wouldn't surprise anybody in the Australian Ice Hockey League with the CBR Brave. And we wrap up the first half of our AIHL preview by returning to Sydney and the team from the other side of the tracks. The team that every Bears fan loves to hate. And I speak of the Sydney Ice Dogs 10, 3, 2 and 13 last season. They really did pick the eyes out of the Sydney Bears last year. They brought in Cameron Todd. Well, at the end of it, they didn't really have much to show for it, did they?
1: Last season was a real disappointment. They finished sixth. At least it wasn't last, but... You never know. This team seems to have some strong players but yet you just don't know.
0: Well, they've certainly been up and down in recent seasons. They had an absolute howler of a year a couple of years ago, but the recruitment of guys like Cameron Todd and they brought that core back and you're right. There's a few teams in the league that you just don't know what you're going to get. The Ice Dogs are certainly one of them, but given that we're on the Bears team and on the Bears track, then certainly lower the better. We're not going to complain about for the Ice Dogs and that brings us to the end of the first half of Splinters. We've got plenty more to get through. We've got four more teams, including our Proud Station sponsor and Splinters sponsor. We love them. The Sydney Bears get to a game. We'll even tell you about how you can get season tickets, although the next home game isn't for a little while because they did open their home campaign on the weekend, and we'll tell you how that went and a lot more next on Splinters. It's time to hit the ice. You're all about caring. Sydney Bears are back for the 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season with all the speed, hits and goals that ice hockey is famous for. Buy a season ticket package to ensure you're not left out in the cold as your Bears rip and tear with the aim of going one better on last year to claim the 2019 Goodall Cup. Log on to bearsden.com.au for all your season ticket and merchandise options. And for the latest Bears news and updates, tune into to The Bench every Friday from 6pm. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. Back to splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, triple H if you're on the live stream. And you can also get us at podcasts.com, tune in, Spotify, iTunes, wherever good podcasts are found, maybe even where a couple of bad podcasts are found as well. Lord Mayor Keith Dupolsky with you on this Tuesday night. We're talking Australian Ice Hockey League. We've got Chloe Walker, Sydney Siren Sensation, Australian Sensation, Coaching Sensation. There's nothing she can't do with the puck and the stick, and maybe even dropping the gloves. We were talking off air just a moment ago, but we'll get to that shortly, Chloe. But team that really has been struggling so far in the league in the last couple of seasons, and it looks as though they're in for a pretty rough trot again this season, the Adelaide Adrenaline. Three wins, two overtime wins, three overtime losses, 20 regulation losses last season. I remember them coming in, I think it was the last weekend, and they got absolutely lit up by the Sydney Bears. They ran last by a long, long way. And they're a very young team, but being a very young team, as you can probably attest from your time in the women's league, often augurs badly at the beginning of that sort of rebuild period, if you like.
1: Yeah, a young team is definitely hard to start off with, but these kids probably have so much speed on them.
0: That's true. They do have a very quick team, and they've got Zach Boyle as an Australian rep, Joseph Rezek, their captain, who's also an Australian rep. They're going to be relied upon heavily to provide the spark that the adrenaline will need to keep themselves going this season. But as you say, it's a young team. They're fast, but young often means losses, and is there any way that you can see them maybe not running last this season? I'd like to say yes, but I don't know if you can see something I can't.
1: Yeah, they are a young team, so obviously you have to start from scratch once again and build um, and play as a team, which is always the hardest part. But I reckon this team could learn that quickly and use their speed against other teams.
0: Where do you see them maybe finishing? Do Do you see them getting off the bottom with that speed? Okay, let's go the extreme. Can they make the playoffs with that sort of speed and that sort of youthful enthusiasm and who cares attitude.
1: Look, I'm a Bears person so I hope um, Sydney Bears do really well, but I reckon Mm -hmm. they could possibly be better than them, maybe.
0: Whoa, there's one for the ages. Mark this down. Chloe Walker is saying the adrenaline could finish over the top of the Bears this season. There's no guarantees, but certainly going out on a limb. I love the confidence, Chloe. And speaking of a team that was a surprise, although not a good surprise, was the Melbourne Ice. 7-2, 4-15 last season, second last. That is an absolute abject failure for a team like the Melbourne Ice. They're among the most successful teams in the league. They're always up there. They've always been a leader of the league. Chloe, we know that there's only one team that puts in teams in the Men's National League and the Women's National League and I'm sure you were just shedding tears of absolute horror and frustration seeing the Melbourne Ice struggle last year. Hashtag sarcasm off.
1: I'm actually quite surprised that the... Men's League is so low.
0: I can just hear I can just hear the pain in your voice saying that. I mean, you must hate seeing Melbourne ice struggle after what they did to you this year.
1: Yeah, I am actually a bit here. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I thought
0: you'd be doing handstands in the streets and <laughs> just sort of poking your tongue out, meh, sort of yeah. thing. But you, you really do want the ice to do well.
1: Yeah, I kind of do, actually. Is I'm b- quite surprised, yeah. You're not, you're
0: not concussed at all, are you, and just need the smelling well. salts of- Moment.
1: I had a minor concussion oh, weeks ago. Oh, so. yes,
0: there it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we're blaming this on the concussion, are we? Chloe Walker wants the Melbourne Ice to do well, but she's concussed at the moment. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but getting serious for a moment, they have recruited... Well, no, they've lost Jaden Pine Murphy, I should say, their backup goaltender. He's gone to the Melbourne Mustangs. Maybe the Ice have to start looking at either a roster clean-out, maybe just a retooling, though, because they've got five Australian players. They've got more Australian players on their roster than any other team. They've got Thomas Powell, Chris Wong, Matt Armstrong, Jack Carpenter, Jason Backlick. These got And these guys aren't fringe players in the national team. Jason Backley is one of the real go-to guys in the Mighty Roos lineup. So with five Australian players in that team, Chloe, you can't say that anything other than a return to the playoffs and maybe even to the decider will be tolerated for the Melbourne Ice this season.
1: Yeah, they've got a lot of work to do to catch up.
0: And that, that's really surprising when you've got five Australian players on your roster. Where do you See them finishing this season. Please say last, because Melbourne Ice are just like the Melbourne Victory. (laughs) Everybody wants to see them finish last.
1: As much as I want them to finish last, I believe these guys could possibly maybe come fourth, step it up a bit in the league. Just hopefully they don't come second last. So you're you're thinking
0: that they're they're not really destined for a great season return. That they're still going to have a few struggles this season by their standards.
1: They were second last last year, so you got to do baby steps up that leaderboard.
0: I, I love the way that you contrast that with Adelaide, where Adelaide could do anything because they're young oh, and yeah. quick, but, but this is the Melbourne ice, so screw you sort of <laughs> thing, and we and we're going to love this. But
1: yeah, pretty much. While, while
0: we're on the topic of Melbourne Ice, we'll segue a little bit away into the Women's League because, unfortunately, it didn't come up for the Sirens this season. And what, what sort of rivalry do you have on the ice with the ice? Pardon the pun. That's a bad turn of phrase. But what's the rivalry like? Is it really – obviously, it's really intense, but does it get nasty at times or is it just a really good sporting rivalry?
1: No, it gets nasty on the ice. As much as you dislike the girls on the ice, like what they do, you gotta love them off the ice. Like, you can't the hate's not there off the ice, it's always during the games. That doesn't sound like much of a rivalry, I mean <laughs> the, the, the
0: hate's always there in really good sporting rivalries, do we do we have to get down there and teach you how to really hate and then we can we can see you drop the gloves against them next season?
1: Well, hate the game, not the player.
0: Oh, that, that see kids, this is exactly how you're supposed to play the game, but for us dinosaurs this is exactly what we want to get away from, we want you to hate the player Chloe for us dinosaurs, come on, say you hate them. Say you hate the ice and you want to beat them up. Come on,
1: say it, say it. No.
0: Oh. Maybe
1: just when that girl hit me, Marnie pulling, she uh, concussed me. Yeah. Well, you didn't, have,
0: you didn't have the chance to go back and get one back because you would have been taken off the ice with the concussions. So, surely yeah. surely there's something there for you to get back with next time. No, never. Come on, tell us the truth. Just between you and me. There's, there's, it's not like there's people listening to the podcast. Just between you and me. Go on, you're going to get it next time. Right?
1: <laughs> no, there was a lot of hate when it happened, but you can't hate someone for
0: something so small. Uh, speaking of being unable to hate, there's a team in the league that not too many people really have anything against, but they had a disappointing season last year as well, and that's the Newcastle North Stars. Nine, four, four, 4 and 11 last season. They missed out on the playoffs last season. They went so, so close to making it. They missed out by one regulation win to the Mustangs. The Mustangs on 42, the Stars on 39, and for a team that has won more titles in the AIHL than any other the club. This really isn't good enough. John Kennedy is the new coach in the Hunter with four national team players. That's Charles Smart, Bo Taylor, Robert Malloy, Matthew Lindsay. They're all on the national team roster. You've got to think they're going to improve next season, surely, Chloe.
1: John Kennedy, he's a really amazing coach. I'm not too sure how this team's going to go, though, so hopefully they might make it. They might not.
0: Well, they certainly went close last season, although that was a really disappointing thing for them to miss out on the playoffs, as we mentioned. But Joe Terrio is the North Stars assistant coach. I caught up with him during the week and asked him what impact John Kennedy's appointment as coach has had on the squad.
5: John coming back to the team, well, John, John essentially never really left the team. He was out there, but he was just back in the shadows. Uh, taking, you know, going from player to a coaching role is massive. So you need to take a step back get away from the playing group for a bit, refresh, get some new bodies in there, and then come back with a different attitude, different mentality. A lot of guys, if they were looking at John back in the day as a player, as a buddy, as a chum, but now he's more, uh, in an authority figure. And so coming back is a good, good thing. Um, John's got a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the game. Um, you know, off ice, on ice, strategics, everything like that. And he's just coming back as a professional and he's just coming back with a new way to revamp the team. Um, myself last year I was an interim coach but I had the same ideas the same thing that we've been doing over and over and over by John coming in it's a different view different angle and different avenue that we're taking so it's I think it's going to be really really beneficial it already has been so
0: was having John in the background a strategic approach to try and paint him as an authority figure, given he's played with many of the team?
5: Uh, no, it's just that he was local. He've always uh, he's obviously he played with us for a couple of seasons, and won championships. So um, John just has uh, John had a lot of things going, developing his um, his identity with uh, NSA, with the academy, and all that, and and in his coaching and a young family. So by him stepping away, but in the shadows, was meaning if we needed him to call upon for a playing role, he was there. He was ready to help us out. If we were there to call upon him to come in and say, hey, um, I can help work with this guy a bit, he was always there. So he was always, and that's a, the that's a tight-knit group that we have. We have the ability to um, to to do that with him. So
0: missing the finals last season was obviously a shock for a club with as rich a history as the North Stars. Was it just one of those seasons, or is there a bit of a rebuild underway up there?
5: Oh, it's definitely a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. So we missed out last year, we missed out the year before last year, we missed out, uh, and you know we were we were in second place for half the season we were running up there but that just goes to show you how quick the tables can turn um, when you know I think we were three we were essentially we were one win out of a playoff spot um and it's just a couple injuries again we were claimed by injuries thomas Lando was out with you know uh post concussion post concussion zane jones was out for post concussion the year prior to that zane jones was out with a with a mcl tear um you know and guys are stuck back in bali and all that stuff so it's just it was just a domino effect of whatever could possibly go wrong went wrong for us um Last year we had a lot of new guys coming in full time. Um, you know Dane Davis was back, but we had Charlie smart, but we we're still trying to everybody was trying to get an in each and trying to find our identity, even the coaching staff. and it just nothing gelled. Sometimes we would, sometimes we wouldn't, sometimes we'd come back, sometimes we wouldn't. and we just had to uh, you know kind of go back to the drawing board and think what's best for the club, not for year to year, but five years down the road. You know, where are we going to be? What are we going to do? How are we going to develop? And that's uh, that was one of the big things with John coming in. He's, he's able to develop. He's able to uh, draw people in and, and uh, that sort of stuff.
0: You made a mid-season acquisition last year in Sammy Banger, who returns this season for the North Stars. What kind of leadership role do you expect him to play?
5: Uh, well, the coaching group is in a massive coaching or a massive leadership role for Sammy. Uh, this year, we're our assistant captain has left the team, Matt Withini. So we're hoping that Sammy fills into that role really, really well. Sammy's a leader, uh, both on and on, on and off the ice. Uh, he's very highly educated, and he's a great. He's he's a leader, and he's a he's a voice in the room when he does speak. He, everybody listens. You know, he just doesn't say stuff to say stuff, but he says stuff to be very effective.
0: Aside from Banger, who do you think are the main players you'll be looking to for leadership on the ice this season?
5: Well, again, we have our captain, Burt Malloy. Uh, If anybody knows who Burt Malloy is, they know he's just a leader um, on the ice and off the ice. Uh, He would have been, he stepped away from the uh, Australian men's team this year with the birth of his new baby, but the last second he was called upon to get over there, so he hopped on a plane and left. Outside that, uh, Burt would have been the captain of the national men's team. Uh, He was the assistant captain for a couple of years. And we also have Matt Lindsay. Matt Lindsey is also on the national men's team, and he is also our um, other assistant captain. So we have those two guys in leadership roles, um, Sammy Banga coming in. And obviously, we're going to be looking to a couple of the imports who have played high-level hockey um, to be in, in the leadership group, as well as uh, a lot of veterans such as Dane Davis, a huge, huge voice, huge advocate for uh, development and, and new um, new approaches. So those are those are a couple of guys that'll be um, that'll be favoured into the leadership group.
0: It's still early, but who do you see as the early favourites for the title this year?
5: Well, for recruitment, everybody's gone out and just gone full tilt with recruitment this year. Um, they've definitely set the bar high. Uh, you know, you can't put out Canberra, um, you can't put out, uh, the dogs, you know, they got the two Crowder brothers and they got a pretty high level goalie. Um, and plus they're bringing up back some older players to fill in roles, uh, you know, their second, and third line type. So those are two massive teams that we're going to have to, um, you know, mark on the calendar, as well as the bears. The bears were no slow last year. I think we went. 0 four against the Bears last year. Uh, Anthony Kimlin is a if he's if he's healthy he's amazing. He's the best goalie in the country. He's definitely an asset to the Bears organization. Um, you know he's probably the best goalie, one of the best goalies in Australia. Um, and to, to stay here obviously helps the Bears out. You know, so those are pretty much uh, three teams: the Bears, the Dogs, and um, and Canberra are three teams that. You're gonna to have to be playing your A game. Not to say any other team, you know, Melbourne Mustangs, Ice, Adelaide, and Perth or any slouches by all means. Um, but obviously, with the dogs in uh, Canberra bringing um, bringing across some high level high level pro athletes, you know, it's it's definitely uh, something in our playbook that we got to look after.
0: And just finally, Joe, the club gets a high level of media coverage in comparison with some other clubs. Even ranked as Newcastle's number one sporting team by last year's Newcastle Herald, ahead of the Newcastle Jets and the Newcastle Knights. How does that make the players feel when they play on home ice, knowing how much they're a community team and part of the community, and not just one sporting team of many in the market?
5: Oh, well, it's very exciting. It's very exciting because a lot of these guys, are they're, they're, you know, they, they're tradies. They're hard workers. They're you know, a couple of guys are uh, engineers and teachers and stuff. So these guys showing up to their respective jobs, knowing that you know they have a couple avid fans that could be working, you know, working across the table from them. And you know, they say like, "Oh, I saw your game the other day." Yeah, oh, or you know, I'm taking a client. Or you know, um, one of our one of our local guys, Hamish Powell, uh, is a teacher, and you know, he teaches I think he teaches grade twos. So you know, and to have and Hamish is a very rough and rough and tumble player. So you know, having Hamo out there playing and um, having one of his students, you know, they're looking up to him when he comes, shows up the class with stitches or bumps or bruises. You know, it's kind of like the kids are excited about that. You know, they're 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 um, they're household names and within their community, and it's something very very exciting and something that we pride ourselves on, especially the media group and pumping these guys to do that. You know, it's it's definitely exciting.
0: Oterio, the assistant coach of the Newcastle North Stars. Lots of Canadian accents in in the interviews that we've had so far. Absolutely love it. But Chloe, it was interesting that last question, the club getting such a high level of media coverage in the Hunter Valley, and women's sport in particular, is really starting to get a lot more media coverage as well. Have you found that that's something that's happening with the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League at the moment, or are you Um... just starting out on that path? Because I know that the game are live streamed um, via audio link at the moment.
1: yeah um, unfortunately um, we had to pay for the live stream. not all of our games are normally like that but I guess that's just they just did that. I'm not too sure about the media though signing up in the nationals and all that for women. Um, I haven't really heard much about it haven't seen much about it so hopefully it's going to start growing soon
0: well we are always on the lookout here on the bench for women to come on and talk about their sport and we've also got that women's sports program that we're working on as well so if you want to get in touch with us facebook.com forward slash the bench h h h you never know you could be working alongside chloe walker she's absolutely nailing this podcast (laughs) at the moment could be one of our media stars of the future at triple h 100.1 fm it's been a long time coming We are here, the Sydney Bears, our Sydney Bears, the all-about-caring Sydney Bears, 15-3, 3-7 last season. No doubt about it, Chloe, they were the surprise packet of the year last season, almost taking out the decider against the Brave. Um,
1: Yeah, this is definitely the team. Um, I am going for the Bears.
0: Not that we're biased or anything with the Bears being a valued station sponsor.
1: (laughs) Not at all. Well, after being
0: raided by the North Stars and the Ice Dogs, they were expected to struggle last season. Anthony Kimlin, Ryan Funis, Tyrell Clare really stepped up with guys like Michael Schlamp and Adrian Esposito. But we got down to business. You heard our interview with Justin Vieno on Friday night. If you haven't downloaded the bonus content, definitely do that because it is just all sorts of classy content and not-so-classy content, on Splinters bonus content, but we sat down with Coach Ron Kaprowski and Justin Viano, and I started by asking Justin what it was like playing in different leagues, Europe and North America in the lower divisions, as a former NHL draftee coming out of the 2004 draft, the Alex Ovechkin draft, in the seventh round with the Columbus Blue Jackets.
6: Uh, well, certainly when you're drafted to, out of the queue to the NHL, you have a certain pressure to perform, but uh, my first year, there was a lockout in 2004, so it was sort of a different experience for me during NHL camp. Like, our first NHL camp was just, like, really, wasn't really competition, it was more learning, learning basis with all the uh, NHL pros that were there. I remember a fond memory of uh, Rick Nash, really took the young kids under his Swing, brought us out to dinner, brought us really took care of us. So my first year was really a good experience and then my second year we had the rookie tournament in Traverse City, which we won as Columbus, so that was a pretty good experience too. And my third year while well, we had our NHL camp, I signed a HL contract and then got injured wakeboarding. And then two weeks before camp, so I sort of let everything go and stop stop, stop my dream right there. (laughs) Pretty much.
0: What do you find is the most appealing aspect of the game as a defenseman? Is it the extra ice time or is it that you can be a bit more physical on the puck or is there something else that appeals to you?
6: Well, it's, cardio-wise, it's a lot, it's a lot easier being on blue line. Uh... You get to see pretty much like if you take football, American football, you're sort of the quarterback. You see all the play in front of you. So you get the, you need a good vision compared to up front. is more like of a grinding cardio. You got to go all out all the time. So I'm saying like the difference between the both is probably defenseman. Yeah, you're more in the pocket. You see your plays coming and you try to, you try to create plays pretty much.
0: You've got a bit of a French-Canadian accent. Did you spend much time in Quebec as a junior?
6: Yeah, well, I was born in Oshawa, then moved to New Brunswick, Canada, which is mostly bilingual, but went to French school my whole time, but my mother's English, but always French schooling. And then I played my junior years in Quebec for five years in Quebec, and then took a couple of years off, and then been in France for the last ten years. So, yeah, a lot of French, a lot of French.
0: What appealed to you about the Australian Ice Hockey League as opposed to other competitions?
6: Well, I knew a couple guys that played down here uh, a couple of years ago, James Sanford and uh, a couple other players, and they had nothing but good things to say, and it was a perfect opportunity for me. It's probably my last opportunity that I'd have to come down and play as an older guy, 33 years old, so as it's always something I wanted to do, wanted to experience, and it seems like the league has been on the uprise skill-wise and media-wise, so... I thought it was a perfect opportunity this summer to come over and experience the whole thing and get in shape for my next year in, uh, in Europe.
0: All right. And who do you play for in Europe?
6: I played for La Roche-Churlion. It's a D1 team in France, but they just folded because of uh, financial problems. So next year I'll be playing in uh, Chambéry. It's uh, in, the, um, in the Alps in France.
0: With admittedly limited preparation time, obviously, have you been given much of an understanding of your role on the team so far by the coaching staff?
6: Didn't really get it, get into it right away. But uh, from my experience, I can only expect that I'm mostly defensive. I'm mostly defensive player that will block shots, do everything that is needed for the team. That can play on the power play and have a good vision a lot of experience try to help the young guys progress and show them the right way how to train and do things good off ice on ice that's pretty much my role as an older player I believe mostly but yeah I would say mostly defensive and I'm a guy that will like I said I played a lot of years and my role was to mostly block shots and sacrifice for the team and that's it
0: I'll bring you in now, Ron. We spoke previously on the bench about having two Australians in net and the benefits of that. Is the blue line where you expect to be making the most games from utilising that extra import spot?
7: Yeah, well, we have uh, two imports playing D and two national team players playing D. So the the whole essence of our game is defense. And you know, with uh, the addition of Justin, it's just going to shore that up and make it a little bit stronger. You know, so it's it's always a good thing. It's always a good strategy. Defense first, offense second.
0: How heavy is your defensive focus going to be? I mean, we won't just see a defensive dump-and-chase mentality to shut the game down, I hope.
7: Of course. But, you know, you watch any team, you watch the playoffs, you know, other than maybe Columbus this year. But you you, you, you watch the playoffs, and it's all those tight games. It comes down to your defense. Your, your defense and your goalie win your games. Your offense are the ones that, you know, pick up the big paychecks. But, you know, at the end of the day, the guys are in it all.
0: Given there's been a rush on teams signing ex-NHL draftees and even ex-NHL players, how strong was the focus on bringing in guys with that pedigree?
7: Oh well, this the, the talent of the imports now and the caliber of them. You know, you, you almost have to look for players like that. way. if you want to compete, right, you can you know you can pick up other guys and you know see how you go. But you know you you need good players to be a good team. So you know it's it's a lot different league than it was a few years ago
0: will uh, just grab the other questions um well, Daniel Taylor and Tegan Rippon are two of your young guns this season. Is the plan to bring the younger guys in with the view to replacing the departure of some of the senior players who are really in the twilight of their careers?
7: Oh, of course. I mean, you know, in, in a few years, you know, we'll be gone, but the game's still there and you got to have the kids playing, you know, and the kids become the older guys and they get mentored to bring the younger kids in. You, unless you have something like that, you know, you're not going to, you have no future.
0: How's your preseason form been and how do you think that's going to stand you in the start for this season?
7: Well, it's good. I mean it's always tough, and I, all the teams have the same struggle with, you know, imports coming in late and you know, uh, guys that are NCAA don't get here till you know, until May sometime. So it's always like that. It's a bit of a slow start. But we've had a pretty good, you know, off season, we've had a pretty good pre season here so far. You know, we've had a lot of practices and that. We're starting to work on things and it's you know it's only gonna get better and with the addition of guys like Justin and the other imports when they um, you know it just gets better and better and we just keep rolling
0: Was there a particular strategy in how you recruited the imports Ron or was it just a case of you go out you'll find who the best players are available and then you'll just plan around that Oh
7: no 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 we yeah, yeah, strategy I mean it, 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 it's, it's always been like we say, we go from the back and go forward, right? And um, again, that was more or less the idea this year, was to kind of mimic what we did last year, pick up you know, the Aussie players that played last year are now better than they were last year, pick up a few Aussie players, but definitely make sure that the imports you bring are high quality and that they bring, you bring know, the same type of structuring team that we had last year.
0: Just getting back to you, Justin, for a moment, what sort of role do you think you'll be playing with the mentoring of these younger guys who are coming through as well?
6: Well, I think a huge role of of my experience, 33 years old. I mean, whatever I can bring to the young guys with my experience, I'm sure I have a lot to to share and to show, uh, first of all, work ethic and practice, how important practice is and learning the systems. I talked a bit this morning with, uh, with Ron about the system, so it seems pretty organized so that's pretty good so yeah just bring in just bring my experience and how important every little detail is
0: how much does it bring to the team having the three national team players on the roster, Ron, given the Bears, for a long time, were really almost a developmental team? Um, Ron, how much does it bring to the team having three national players on the roster, given that the Bears, in past seasons, have really been a, almost a developmental side by comparison with some of the others? Well,
7: that's all, all part of the, what we were talking about earlier, bringing in younger kids in, developing them, and then you know, letting them spread their wings. And that's what's basically happened here. You know, we brought these young kids in. Developing, and, and now they're national team players. So that's been the strategy for the last few years, and that's the strategy that's going to go on for some
0: time. Ron Kaprowski, Justin Viano of the Sydney Bears, and we're certainly hoping that the Bears can go one better this year. Chloe, and you, you've seen the Bears up close and personal with a friend of yours being picked up by the Bears this season.
1: Um, they've got a few new players out there now. Um, one of my friends is Daniel Taylor. He's just mm-hmm. been picked for the team. He is an incredible hockey player. He's got skills like there's no tomorrow. But I believe this team is a strong team. I know quite a few of them, and they're all so talented.
0: Ron did give a plug to Daniel in the interview, and Daniel did come up in the list of players that I was told to look out for. So Ron's backing him. I'm backing him. You're backing him, Chloe. Okay, let's talk about it. As soon as he gets a start, how many goals is he going to score in his first game? Six, seven, eight. Put Austin Matthews to shame.
1: Let's
0: just hope he gets a Hattie. A Hattie will be a good start. Austin Matthews got four for the Leafs against the Senators, and I still have nightmares about that. But let's just hope that Daniel, in his debut, can score a hat-trick and absolutely no pressure, but three goals or no more games for the Bears. Do you think that's fair? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, if, if he doesn't get a hat in his first game, he should just get benched.
0: Oh, just absolutely brutal. See that this this is getting brutal now. This is what you should be like when you face the Melbourne ice, Chloe, all right? <laughs> Fire up against the ice and show that sort of niggle against them. Poor Daniel's just absolutely packing it now, and we've put all the pressure on him, and now surely he's going to get four. Surely. He has to get four now. We have started the season. We've got a couple of results in. Two games played on Saturday, two games on Sunday, and... We're well, it doesn't look good for the Adrenaline so far, Chloe. The Mustangs beat them 6-2 on Saturday. It was closer against the Melbourne Ice on the Sunday, but they still went down 6-5. So the Adrenaline, at least they're putting up a real show against the Melbourne Ice. That's a start, though. Mm-hmm.
1: As I said before, the Adrenaline is such a sm- like a young team. I'm not surprised that they've lost. They should slowly pick their way up, though.
0: Well, they did get close against the Ice, 6-5. I don't know whether that says more for the Adrenaline's attitude to come out in the back half of a Double header and really stick it to the ice or whether the ice are going to struggle but Saturday what a great day the Ice Dogs home game at Macquarie and they wanted to start on a high but our Sydney Bears tearing them apart eight goals to three it wasn't that great on Sunday though the CBR Brave winning the grand final rematch four goals to one but certainly an 8-3 result over the Ice Dogs at August well for our Bears through this season.
1: Look I'm not surprised that The Bears scored eight goals. They are a strong team, but I am surprised that Ice Dogs only scored three. Well, there's
0: Viano and Annesley on the blue line. There's Kimlin in net. I think that might have something to do with it, but the Brave, (laughs) it's going to take, pardon the pun, a Brave man to back against them, opening the season with the grand final rematch and winning it comfortably in the end, 4-1, although it got a bit tasty there for a while. Plenty of penalties dished out and almost like a Melbourne Ice-Sydney Sirens game, you could say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it seemed to be a tough game for the Bears there. Slowly they'll pick their way up and beat Brave.
0: Well, we can certainly hope, and that's certainly what we're aiming for with the All About Caring Sydney Bears, our great sponsors here on Splinters and on the bench, but that brings us to the end of Splinters for this week. Chloe Walker, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in. What say we get you back in the studio fairly soon to talk some more women's sport and some more women's hockey? Hopefully soon, very soon. Chloe Walker from the Sydney Sirens. Splinters, will return next week. That's all we've got time for on this Australian Ice Hockey League preview edition. We'll see you on Friday night on the bench, but for now, it's goodbye from Splinters.